Welcome. To Arcade Audio. Oh, this ancient skies I've had these wandering eyes But you took me by surprise When you let me inside of you Inside of you Inside of you There's got to be some part of me Inside of you Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Married with Movies. I'm one of your hosts, Samantha Mullet. Sitting next to me on the couch is your other host, my beautiful husband, Chris Mullet. <sighs> Refreshed. With the water I was able to drink in enough time to start the show. I'm out of breath, but... <laughs> <laughs> what? You just sit there and recline? You just well, yeah, sit there and chop rec- nest? I wasn't reclined. You're reclined. You're not normally reclined when we record, and I thought that was odd. Well, because these new fancy smancy recliners, I can, you know, I can, oh, wrong button. Hold on. Oh, there we go. They can't see what you're doing. I can hear it. Wait, listen to this. Faintly. (laughs) I don't think it came out. (laughs) Uh, Hey, everyone. It's Friday, September 9th. Uh, We're late. We get it. Deal with it. Uh, (laughs) But we give you entertainment. But we know this movie was not on the radar. Yeah, so we're gonna, yeah, we so, get it. Yeah, so we're gonna Fuck explain. off. So uh, if, if this is the first episode you're listening to, uh, welcome. Normally Why? we watch a random movie from our massive movie collection. We talk about it. We share our experiences. And we have a good time. And we have a, rigor, a rigorous schedule uh, that we try to follow about uh, our movies. With a bunch of different gimmicks. And man, look, sometimes life just comes at you pretty fast. If you don't stop to change what you're doing once in a while, you'll miss it. Uh, we had a very busy weekend uh, celebrating the marriage of one of my oldest friends. I've been friends with him over 20 years, Keaton Matavin, and uh, his beautiful bride, Kim, down in West Palm Beach, Florida. Um, it was awesome. It was a great time. First, my first time eating Indian food. My first time experiencing Indian culture besides just waking up in Keaton's house in high school. Um, had a great time. Met some new friends. Reminisced with old ones. It was great. Did a lot of dancing, a lot of it eating. Was, had a great, great time. Came back. Both felt a little under the weather, minorly. Um, took an extra... I took an extra day. Um, you just fucking stormed through as you're prone to do. And, we, reala- and we realized, oh yeah, it's like Wednesday... <laughs> We got, we got a podcast. And our next movie on the docket was a movie that we intended on watching with Jillian, which will now be next week's episode, Thunderstruck. And Hopefully. Well, it's on HBO Max. Um, Hopefully it'll still be there by the time we go to watch it. <laughs> right. So, Who knows? Um, so we're going to try to watch it Sunday night. But we didn't have anything else. Nothing look, else is available for look, streaming. Nothing's that we have. available for streaming. We're moving into a house. We've moved into a house, but we're still... We've moved still into a house, but shit is everywhere. Christopher is hoarding all of the movies in, t- in one room. I, I can't get to them. I have searched way too much for these movies. They must literally be 
the bottom two movies in the back corner of that closet. I'm going to go in there and find it right away. No, there's no way. Because I know yeah. I have movies falling all over me. Because you're, you're distracted typically when you're in there, so. It's true. So, I was like, fuck it. Originally, we weren't going to have an episode. I was like, I don't want to miss a week because I have my schedule nice and neat all the way through the end of the year. And I already had to mess it up by doing this. Because now, unfortunately, the way the rotation works, I'm not getting to pick a movie for Halloween month. You get to pick the movie for Halloween month on top of what I already have planned. Oh, good. And there was something else that got messed up. Oh, and you get to pick the Christmas movie. Well, I always get to pick it. It's my birthday. Well, no, you get a you get to pick your birthday movie, and you get another you nomination. Can, you, can, and, you can pick the Christmas well, movie. Well, we also have a Christmas film. Uh, we'll, we'll oh, about it. we fine. have already a Christmas film? Why the fuck are you getting out of shape? It's like a Hanukkah present. Chill the fuck out. So, I just grabbed the th- three movies off the top of the pile that I was like, I've seen, I've seen these movies a bunch, one of which you've never seen at all. But it, w- it would have been a very easy movie to watch. And it would have been nice thematically with Jillian going to school, even though it's like well, a Well, you didn't comedy. even say that, though. It's fine. Uh, I was like, here's what I grabbed. Let me know. And so we both decided on this, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, um, which is what today's episode will be. Uh, because of all that, we haven't really watched or done anything else besides the wedding and mm-hmm. whatnot. There is... Quite a few intriguing movie things. Uh, it is the D23 this weekend. And since you have been upstairs, even more has come out. So I wanted to break it to you on the episode live uh, for the first time. So earlier, we already watched the Hocus Pocus 2 trailer and the Disenchanted trailer. I also showed you the, the, the images for Peter Pan and Wendy, mm-hmm. Mufasa, and Snow White because... They just refuse to be stopped. Oh uh, the, my god, I think I know what's coming. The teaser trailer for The Little Mermaid is oh, out. Oh no! And they've also oh. announced and shown images for several things. Uh, the next Pixar movie in June of 2023, Elemental. They've also um, an image, a first look at a new Pixar original series, Win or Lose, with Will Forte, because he just refuses to not be cast in every animated movie ever, or animated project ever. Then a Disney and Pixar movie that's coming out in spring of 2024, Elio, which looks like a um, Hispanic sci-fi movie. I'm going to save this one for the end. Then we have uh, the first look at Disney's animations, Iwaju, which is going to be a uh, original series on Disney Plus that's based in Nigeria. Ooh. Then we have another uh, preview for Strange World, which comes out in November. Then uh, Walt Disney Animation Studios Wish, which comes out November 2023, about the uh, how the wishing star came to be with Ariana DeBose. And also announced for summer 2024, Ojoy Inside Out 2 oh my gosh. will be coming out, which I did not know about at all. So I thought that was very, very interesting. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and then, of course, there'll be a ton of Marvel news over of the course. next... Of course. Uh, over the next God. Knows. I feel, I feel, uh. And Pinocchio started today, and it's apparently terrible. terrible. I've, I've, I saw the review um, that it was terrible, but I'm, I'm a little, like, torn, you know. I think we've said it many times on this podcast what my experience was with the live action Beauty and the Beast, because these are my favorite movies from my childhood Beauty and the Beast and The Little Mermaid are two of the most iconic movies that shaped my childhood. And who I am as a person, and are 
such a high, I hold on such a high pedestal, and the live-action Beauty and the Beast broke me. I remember distinctly being in Stephen Lawley's living room and seeing the trailer and shivering from it and getting goosebumps everywhere and, like, crying because I was so excited and I was so moved for that te- when that teaser trailer came on, and I was just... I don't think I've ever been more disappointed in something in my entire life. And I've been with you for 15 years. Like, and ouch, what was that for? Because you were giving me a look. I was listening to your story. <laughs> it was very hard and, and disappointing because that movie did not live up to the expectations I had for it. Because they're and fucking am, pointless. And I am so... Well, not just that. Like... It's one thing to remake a movie, but it's another thing to remake a movie and change significant parts of it, which is what has sometimes been happening with these. I mean, we've only seen animated. We saw The Jungle Book, which uh-huh. is all right. We saw Beauty and the Beast, and then we saw Aladdin for the podcast. Yeah, and I've seen Lady and the Tramp because I actually watch movies with Jillian. Which what the fuck. <laughs> No, you weren't here when we watched it. Yeah, I caught like five minutes when I came back. But, yeah, so, um, yeah, I'm nervous because I know I'm going to have to see The Little Mermaid. So, let me, so, let me read you the, the critical, the critics consensus on Pinocchio. Oh, gosh. Uh, So, it's got a 30% on Rotten Tomatoes, a 40% audience score. Visually dazzling, but soulless, the largely inert Pinocchio reaffirms that you should always let your conscience be your guide, away from unnecessary remakes. It's just, yeah, they're just pointless. Like, so you'll see the trailer and after this, and we'll, we'll go from there. But for now, let's talk about the movie that we shoehorned in for this week, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, which you'll read the package for. Oh, yes, it is my turn to do that. Not looking forward to this. I think I don't think it's much actually. Yeah, lucky. Did I have to read this part here? Uh, usually, yeah. Okay. From the guys who brought you the forty-year-old virgin and knocked up, forgetting Sarah Marshall. You lose some, you get some. Pretty lame. Pretty lame. God, I always get these perfect picture and purest digital sound available. Peter, Jason Siegel, is a struggling musician who finds his world turned upside down when his TV celebrity girlfriend, Sarah Marshall, Kristen Bell, dumps him for a tragically hip rock star. (laughs) Dang it. It's the hysterically funny look at how far one man will go to forget a girl and all the fun he finds along the way. Dang it. I I was trying to say pop star. Yeah, no, I can tell you I used to saying rock star. It wasn't even that. It was hip star. I know. Like I, it was like I was like pop hip because it was just like three letters. I got turned the old lady from the wedding singer. So now hip, I'm only one behind. Pop. A hip pop pop. What's the tally on our yep. reading challenge? I have twenty one and you have twenty two. Okay. First one to twenty five is the loser. We're getting there. So, uh, we saw this in theaters together back in Gainesville. Oh, we did. Oh, great. I'm yes. pretty sure we did. Perfect. Uh, I mean, this was at the height of the Apatow run, like the like the the comedy renaissance of yes of our lifetime, basically of 
four-year-old virgin knocked up super bad forgetting Sarah Marshall. I love you, man. I love you, man. Uh, role models. Uh, Basically every Paul Rudd movie. And, yeah, and Judd Apatow <laughs> movie. Pineapple Express, which was one of the movies I, I brought down to suggest. Um, so I've seen this movie, I couldn't even tell you how many times. If it's on TV, I put it on. After watching it yesterday, I am this close to making this declaration. This might be my favorite comedy over 40-Year-Old Virgin now. Wow. I, I think I've seen the Funny Old Virgin not as much as of late because I think it's hasn't aged as well as this I movie I was just going to say that. I was just going to say I don't think that it's aged as well. Um, this is just a great romantic comedy. A great romantic. It's just a... That was my my like first note and my last note. Like it's just a great romantic comedy. It's got all the elements that you, that you want and a lot of surprises as well. That that you don't normally see in movies like this and that you're not expecting. You don't have to be so musical because you have basically the the Alda Snow character. So you have his you have the infant sorrow songs and then you're also getting some the, of Dracula the Dracula musical, musical songs, which. I I would lay down some money and go see that dragon. Oh, I'll go see that tomorrow. I'll go see it yesterday. Like, yeah. Um. So you have that, and then you just have what a great cast. One of the craziest through and through casts, like in a comedy ever. There is the LVP is going to be incredibly difficult. It's going to be so hard. I have one and it's just a throwaway. Yeah, really, yeah. Basically, I think that's all you can do in this because there's so many power players and it's like even people who don't have much to do, they only have a scene or two, take, they go all out. Whipped creams and berries guy. Bill Hader. Well, Bill Hader has a more significant well, part, but yeah, I'm talking but about. like, you know, you have like the four main and then you have like yeah, you're you know, you're very much supporting. Very much supporting down the line. Um, it's just even the guy, even the guy, um, the waiter with the extra alcohol. Yeah, like like everybody, even, everybody gets their moment to shine. It's, punches him in the face. Like I mean, it's just it's great. It's just I I think it's like the perfect comedy. It really is, and this movie also does such a great job of. There are a lot of characters. And like you said, everyone has their moment to shine and like you can, you get like the bits of complexity in some of the characters, like Aldous Snow, like yeah. in his like rants and like his like verbose tellings sure. and stuff like that. Well, like, I mean, that get, character like, is so fully formed and so outstanding. He gets his own sequel. He gets his own movie, which is right. also, a, I think, a right up there. Right. But but even that, like, you get that complexity of it. You get kind of a little bit of that backstory of, of Kunu and, like, his moments. Means Chuck. I mean, he's Chuck. This, he's Chuck. Like, it just has so much going on. The thing, the thing that made me really think about it, like, I in my everyday life, if I'm quoting something, I probably quote this movie at least once a week on accident. I mean, the weather outside is weather. The weather outside is weather. Uh, you sound like God. you're from London. You sound I, like you're from London. I at this one point I just started writing lines down just to remember. Uh, I mean, I'll just, it's okay. I'll just go fuck myself. <laughs> I say that to Jillian all the time <laughs> under my breath. Um, I, I honestly think I quote this movie the most. I mean, it's just it's just great. It's great, and I think something else this movie does well is 
how bizarre it makes, like, the sex scenes, for example. Like, because, you know, a lot of... call them bizarre. They're bizarre. They're exaggeratedly comedic. Bizarre. Like, they make them purposely bizarre. Like, kind of like, you know, that comic strip, comic strip Bizarro? It's kind of like that. Have you ever read a Bizarro comic strip? Yeah, all the time. Sunday Funnies. No, shut, this podcast is pausing right now. Explain to me what Bizarro is. No, it's just a Bizarro comic strip. No, 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 no. Who, who is Bizarro? I'd love to hear this, please. No, no, no. I meant the Sunday Funny one, not What's the one Sunday you're... Funny Bizarro comic? I don't know, man. It's just a comic. Who's the comic book character Bizarro? Explain no, to me. there isn't one. Yes, there is. Maybe... What were you referencing? In the Miami Herald, the Sunday Funnies, there is a one strip bizarro. Pull this up and show me an image of it right now. Prove to me this is a thing as you show your lackadaisical uh, wordle score for the day. Shut up. Where you finish behind everybody in your entire family. And are currently in last place. Because bizarro that you're referencing is a... Superman villain. Yeah, but no, that's not what I'm referencing. I'm referencing Can I see it this. bigger, please? It's a single panel comedic okay. comic strip. All right. From the, and it, Good. I would read it in the Miami Funny. See, single panel cartoon written and drawn by cartoonist Dan Piaro and later by Perfect. cartoonist Wayne Hanoff. I'm glad his name was on the back of the box. Just making sure. No, I, that's what I meant. Like, uh, Thank you for referencing regional comic strips. Okay. 305, baby. Now that you've... You derailed it. You oh, didn't, didn't have to go there. You didn't. Have I to did. Go. I had you to call you out on whatever bullshit you're saying. It's not bullshit. You didn't have to take bullshit, it there. Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. That's the other one. I know, one. and that's the other one. Yeah. <laughs> that's the other one that I say all the time. Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. I wrote that down. Um, I love it. What is your favorite scene in the movie? I mean, that's really difficult. There are so many. So the most famous scene is the opening because at the time of how like shocking and against the grain it was that you have like full frontal like extended male nudity in a comedy, yeah. um, which is based off of Jason Siegel's like real life experience. Sure, I believe it's it. crazy. So I think the last Jason Siegel movie did was Jeff Who Lives at Home last year, oh, which yeah. is not a great one. I'm trying to remember if he's the MVP of that movie or not. I think he was. I think so. Uh, it's crazy to me. I think we talked about it on that podcast. But it's crazy to me that he... Like, I think he's doing stuff. So I know he was just on the, the, the Lakers show, the Winning Time show on HBO Max. Um, I know he had a uh, he was a part of an AMC show as well. Well, and he was when he was younger, he was on Freaks and Geeks. Well, of course, that's before this. But I'm talking about, like, yeah. this is apex for him. Like, he is the writer... In star of mm-hmm. a very successful mainstream comedy. Yes. Um, and then actually, I'd probably say the apex frame would probably be the Muppets, yeah, which he got off of this. Into the Muppets. I mean, like he gets the Muppets because of this movie. Yeah. Because yeah. of him drunkenly singing the Muppets at the piano and doing and getting the Henson Studio to help him with puppets. Um, but then he does Ten Year Engagement, which I've heard is is actually all right. It, it was kind of a disappointment when it came out. But then he kind of disappears from this scene. And it's kind of crazy to me that, like, he doesn't have... He, to me, he's kind of well, like... You know, honestly, what I feel like he is like is kind of like a a more recent Zach Braff. In that Zach Braff had one story to tell, told it mm. pretty well to success, and then 
anytime you tried to do something else, was just like, well, you don't really have kind of like what we said say. about like Garden State and well, and but the difference the difference is Zach Braff at least figured out like he could become just a regular director. Like he didn't have to write his own material. Um, well, he was a, a pompous ass who did the Kickstarter thing, but he's directed episodes of Ted Lasso. He's directed episodes of other Bill Lawrence shows. Like, you know, he works and he still acts every now and then. Whereas Jason Siegel, like, he's not really doing anything like this. So he had one story to tell, which was kind of an amalgamation of the difficult breakups that he's gone through and, and put them out for the world to see. Um, but that opening scene is so famous because it's, it's very unexpected. Well, and also it just runs the gamut of like, so it's hilarious because he's here his fucking dicks flapping around as he's shaking it around. And then you have like the breakup itself and the, and the shock and like the emotion that he brings to it. And then he's still finding the comedy of like the hug and like bending over and pushing the limits of what he can get away with. Like it's, it's definitely what people like know the movie for. I feel yeah. like yeah. besides like the Elvis snow character, probably at this point, um, but it doesn't even crack, like, my top five, like, favorite scenes in the movie. I mean, there's just so much. I mean, yeah, th- there's just so much. It, and I think it's a testimony to how great this movie is because there are things that I laughed at when we saw this last night that I were new. Oh, funny favorite scenes. I was laughing in this movie like it was the first time I had seen it. Yeah, no, like I laugh at the same things, but then there's always something else that gets me or that I relate to more. Like I laughed so much harder than I've ever laughed at um, the scene when he and Bill Hader's character are in his apartment and he's just like, everything reminds me of Sarah. Mm -hmm. She got me this. Now I've got, because my cereal is always, now I've got fresh cereal and I just died laughing because I agree with that and I love using those kinds of things. It's, it's a little thing. Mine was, like it's um, the little things. It's so funny. I love the fucking, the fucking doctor in this movie. <laughs> he's got like four lines. Oh, the lines. pediatrician? <laughs> yeah, he's like, I'm a pediatrician. I'm, you're sitting on a fire truck. Did yeah. you notice? Yeah. Would you do you want a lolly? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's so funny. But it's a good I looking love... dick. It's like, I want more of that guy. Like, that's, that part's the, uh, like the epitome of what we were talking about just a few minutes ago. Like, this movie gives everybody like a chance at it and they all knock it out of the they fucking all nail park. It. Yeah, I love um, it. If I had to pick one, like the final dinner, I think is my favorite from like like from Albus well, and Sarah getting ready until like the end of the sex is just like fifteen hilarious. minutes. The t shirt the, yeah, there's the, the shirt shirts. thing is hilarious. And then the snippiness between the girls. And how that heightens. And Jonah Hill coming in. Like, Russell Brand is on absolute Amazing. fire that entire The competing period. orgasm scene, I think, is probably my favorite. And if only for um, Russell Brand saying <laughs> that ghastly performance. Well, I love his face his when it face? when it pans down to him when she's, like like, yelling. And then, like, he's actually... Like deeply disgust. affected so, by what happened. He's like that ghastly performance. He's like I've never never seen deeply one. upset. I've me, never like, seen a fake orgasm before. Now that I have, like I don't it's know. It's deeply upsetting, and yeah, like you could just feel like he it broke him, you know. Yeah. And then obviously the I'm all the snow bullshit bullshit bullshit. Like it's just great. Um. Uh. So that that'd be number one for me. Uh. I think. 
the first Dracula song would have to be up there. Because, like, you hear him talk about it, and then you're like, like, it's nothing compared to actually seeing it happen. I mean, yeah. In his, like, like he doesn't want to do it, and his pain, and then, I don't know why, I always laugh at, like, I don't know what he looks like an Asian Jack Nicholson. The guy in the bar is just like, ha <laughs> ha Like, I just love when they have that character that just gets it. It reminds me of, um, and Little Miss Sunshine, there's, like, the creepy guy that goes to the pageants, like, doesn't have anybody. Yeah. And when they do a performance at the end, he stands up and he's like, yeah! Like, I love that as a comedy trope. It's very, very funny to me. Um, so that's one. Obviously, I love the drunk montage get it going to the Muppets. Um, and just anytime, like, he's just at the bar, like, with these people. Yes, I love... Like, it just feels, like, natural. Like, I want to do that. Like, I want to go to a bar for, like... I want to go to a hotel for, like, five or six days, not know anybody, and there's by the end of it, just be like, hey, what's going friends. on, man? Yeah. Like, yeah, like... Uh, Everyone the knows bar- all my shit by the right, end of it. Right, like, the bartender and Kunu and him and the, the newlywed guy, and they're all there and complaining and shitting the... Shooting the shit. Yeah. It's just... It's just a good old time. It's so relatable... And it it's just a down to earth movie. It's not well. It's all, it's, it's down to earth, but it also finds a way of being heavily satirical. Yes, with Hollywood. So it takes it to the extreme. I love everything crime scene scene of the crime with oh Billy Baldwin, and like though that like that that was those shows back then. To a certain extent, they yes, still are kind of. Um, and I, just it, like like. The Access Hollywood bits and like oh and f- I, I love when he's like recording the music for the thing and he just does like a boom boom boom. He's a Seinfeld thing. Yeah. <laughs> but, hey, let's try something dark now. It's like losing your penis is a bad thing. Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> it's like a great line. That, that fucking guy. That fucking guy. That guy's got almond brother tickets. <laughs> like you know, like that fucking I know, guy. Like, I mean, it's has great. three lines and he kills it. It's great. I also like all the flashbacks, like like all the oh, comparison yeah. flashbacks, and then it flips at the end where like. She has one, and, and, like, she starts to feel, like, the difference and how he supported her through his dumbass bag and the stupid-ass hat she bought for him and, yeah. and you know, whatnot. Um, what do you not like about the movie? I mean, there's not really a lot that I don't like. I mean... <sighs> it's minimal. I, I have a couple nitpicks. I, I, I... So there is a bit of a lag when crime scene gets canceled. So, like, crime scene gets canceled, and, like, she talks to Aldous about it, she talks to Peter about it, then, um, it shows, uh, Aldous Snow teaching, uh, teaching Jack McBrayer's character, you know, like, Oh, the sex with the, with the chess. Right. And then, like, the scene, um, so, like, that, that that's, like, a, like, a, like, a ten minute stretch, um, pretty much anything with Jack McBrayer and his wife is like the biggest skit for me. It feels yeah, a little okay. tacked on. I like sure. I, I think it's more so for like the juxtaposition and like sure what you think of like oh people go to Hawaii. Yeah, it's typically for like a romantic vacation or their honeymoon or something like that. So I think it was just to make it kind of be like a fish out of water almost. Oh like, sure, and then just get two other funny people in the movie. Like there, there were still funny parts to it, but like you could have shaved that off. But then it gets right back up because then you have the scene with um. Jason's equal to Mila Kunis, like, on the rock, and then it goes into, like, the, like, the second batch of Oh, my of God, I made her kill herself. <laughs> uh, I, I have in all capital letters in my notes, 
Mila Kunis in this movie is on my list. <laughs> so at her. She's, she's just great. It's, you know those weren't her real tits, though, right? Yeah, that's fine. I, I, that's, like, my least favorite part of the movie with her is... Oh. There's something about, like, her tan and her demeanor and the way she is. I'm just like, yeah, I want to hang out with her. Her personality is just... Her aura is great. Well, she was kind of the go-to, like... Like, she figured between this and Friends with Benefits and Ted and Bad Moms. Like, she had a good, like, five, six-year run of just, yeah. like, being... And she was only 18. The, the go-to, like, lead comedic actress because between Family Guy and that 70s show, she's been doing it forever. And she's yeah, good since at she was it. 14. Yeah. She's um, been acting. So, yeah, so put her on my list in case she's, I did. I, she's I, not I already. Put it on there. Um... So like th- those would be my only real complaints. The I, I'm indifferent on like the fake like the the brief makeup between the two of them. Like it's needed for the drama of the movie, and then of course you get like his epic freakout, which I actually just today used a meme gif of "You're the goddamn devil" to one of my best friends. Happy birthday, Tope. Um, and then from there, like, the ending comes pretty fast. Like, I think that happens with, like, I want to say, like, ten minutes left in the movie. Honestly, like, that happens. He tells her the truth. He gets beat up. He's throwing doo-doo paper. Doo-doo paper. Uh, shout out to all my Renegade fans out there. Doo-doo uh, paper, man. And then, like, he goes back. He works on the musical. And, like, For it months. Ha- it's months. Well, like, well, he goes back and then, yeah, of course, months go by. But, like, it's all in the span of, like, ten minutes, really. And yeah. then we're pretty much done, you know? Yeah. Um, everything comes full circle. I love, so him and Bill Hader are stepbrothers. That means like their, so their parents got married, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. They're not related. The whole time I thought he was like, Liz was Peter's sister. Like every time I've watched this at this time, I'm like, why is he like, like not connected or mean to him? Why is he talking to him the whole time? It's like a typical comedy thing. I'm like, oh, he doesn't know her. He knows, so that, that makes sense. Uh, I don't have any on my uh, notes comments about the other uh, kind of montage I like, which is the like the hookup montage, which is all the different girls. Oh yeah, and that's all the funny. issues that he goes through um, is just another perfect point. Funny works. Um, she didn't have anything you didn't. Just like not, not really. I mean, I can see like the things that you said. Um, yeah, I just. I just enjoy it. I mean, it makes me laugh. It's a funny movie. You know, I, I I enjoy the surprises that it delivers with, like, the, you know, the Dracula musical and, and everything like that. Um, I really like it. You've never been to Hawaii, correct? Never been to Hawaii. I've Neither always you. wanted to go to so you Hawaii. Do you do I'm I, always wanted to I go to do, Hawaii. but I think it's just because like it's the like the romantic like big vacation thing to do. But I feel like I've heard like mixed things about it. Well like, yeah. It's so it's really expensive. Sure. And obviously it's like an island, right? Like you Yeah. There's only a limited number of things you could do and it's also very outdoorsy kind of thing. Like yeah. you go surfing, so out. <laughs> you go hiking. Out out. You know, I'll go see some luau's. You sit there and eat food. Yeah, You're just gonna sit there and watch have dudes the play with fire. And I'll hang by the pool and. Yeah, but you could do that like, in the backyard. Like <laughs> you don't, you don't need to go thousands of miles away to Hawaii to do that. I mean, see the sights and just check out what's going on at the, the, the Hawaii Target and. 
<laughs> see what toys they carry? Yeah, see, you know. See how far behind on wrestling figures they are? See what the collector's seen and yeah. how I look like? Uh-huh. uh-huh. Um, I mean, we'll do so it you eventually. Don't, you don't want to go? No, we'll do it. I mean, of course I want to go, but I just, I'm worried about, like, I it go being... I without you. And then we meet up, and then it's like, what the fuck? Like, this movie? What would you do? What would I do what? So... It's a, 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 a ridiculous hypothetical situation. Oh, is it? Is it well, a first, ridiculous first, hypothetical? Well, first, let me ask this question. So, I remember before we got together. Oh, um, what do you remember? I forget, like, who was talking about it. But mm. somebody had said that you basically have to wait one month per year you're with somebody before, like, you're supposed to, like, start dating. Move on, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you've heard that before, right? That's, like, the standard. Show. Right. So, like, let's say, like, tomorrow we wake up and we fucking hate each other. Um, yesterday then it's, then it's just another day so like for us it would be like like a year and three months right sure. would you is that a fair amount of time do you think no I'm gonna go fuck somebody the next day be serious okay <laughs> no you wouldn't what? why do you say that you wouldn't I know you you're How too lazy you... that has nothing to do with anything <laughs> I don't know. I'm just curious. I don't know why. Are you thinking about you're going to go to Hawaii and meet Mila Kunis? She doesn't actually work <laughs> in that hotel, dude. I know that. That hotel probably doesn't exist. Um, I'm just, just curious. Just asking. Why? Just want that. I'm driving. You ask dumb questions all the time. Why can't I ask some? Because you're, you're a fan a, on. It's hot in here. <laughs> your start fights. <laughs> That's why. What would you do? I mean, I'd probably, I mean, yeah, I would need some time. You would need some time? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Why? Because. I have no idea. You know what has changed since we started dating? No one like, dates like we date anymore. I have to get apps and stuff, and I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I'm not to describe myself over the internet. Like, pic- all my Grindr pictures look stupid. Instead. I just saw two pictures from a wedding where I look ridiculous. You're going to download no good Grindr of instead of a... That's true. There are no good pictures of you. Oh, you've been so mean to me this podcast. You're the one who said it. I'm making jokes. I you don't need too. Your re- no, you're reaffirming what I'm saying. No, Chris, I think that you are amazing. There oh, are no, no, plenty of good pictures of you. And if I ever find that you go on a dating app and use one of them, I'll chop off your dick. I would have no fucking idea. <laughs> I've talked about this with Tope. I don't remember like, how long ago. Oh, you don't remember how long ago you guys talked about dating apps? No, no, no. He was talking like... In what context? We were talking... I, I remember uh, now. We were uh-huh. talking about it for our friend Maddie and Rob's wedding because they met on Tinder. They did. And I was like, they have to be like the exception to the rule, right? And like, I know the other people have done it. But like, mm. most people use those things for either hookups or nothing really comes of it. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about like his experience with it. And like, I don't have any. He's like, fuck, that's right because we've been together so long mm. and I was like and I said I think there was like a, a good solid beat and I was drunk and I was like I would have no fucking idea what I'm doing like honestly I would have no idea good so I want you to, to be lonely out. and miserable for the rest of your life there's only one way to find out is that what you just <laughs> said and I'm the one who's mean to you okay we didn't make a joke a long time ago like we like each create a profile and just see what happens who 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 said that joke? We did. We're like we we made a joke. Was like if like who would be able to like like get somebody first? We said that, and then you were like, 
now. No, I didn't do that. No, I think you're the one that actually called my bluff. I was like, I'm not doing that. Yeah. <laughs> it's Let's a trap. Do it. Let's do it. Go no. on. No. No, no, no. Let's go pull up the, the apps you have downloaded already on your phone. Sure. The picture of our beautiful daughter on my background. Here we go. Uh, Shutterfly, is that one? Sounds like what? I want to find what? Shut her fly. Hey, lift her vagina. Boober. Uber with boobs. <laughs> That'd be a great service. A car just picks you up and the driver just got a massive rack. That's a good idea. You should go on a Shark Tank. Chub Hub. Ticket Masturbator. <laughs> I'm done playing this game with you. Yelp. Yelp sounds like something that your butthole or your, like <laughs> your penis does. All right, anyway. Um, MVP and LVP. So I mentioned earlier, I feel like I'm really going to struggle with LVP. I have a little list. So I wrote somebody down, and it's not them, but I want to talk about them because it's not them in MVP either. And somebody whose performance I've always struggled with in this movie. Could you guess who I'm, I'm going to say? Say it again. So I have somebody on my LVP list just for the sake of they're definitely not an MVP. And their performance has always intrigued me in this movie. Hmm. I don't know. It's Kristen Bell. She's not the LVP of the movie. 100%. She's very, very good in this movie, particularly in the last, like, I'd say 15, 20 minutes. But Better in the back half, yeah. Throughout most... And I, I chalk it up to Jason Segel in 2007 and 8, what the male-dominated comedy scene was like then. Uh, that character having to be written as this irredeemable shrew, right? Mm-hmm. Basically. Um, she, I don't know, just her, I think it's maybe knowing that like, oh, that's Elsa, and that's Veronica Mars, and that's, you know, her from other things. My preconceived notion of her, you know, taking over her performance. I definitely think she's better once she starts unraveling in that dinner scene, in, you know, her... Desperate attempts to earn, you know, Peter back at that point. I, I think she's better there. But throughout, yeah. the, like, the first half of it... I agree. I'm just like, ah, I, I just don't buy it, you know? But she's not the LVP of the movie. So I have... Do you have anybody for LVP that you could nominate? Um, the ex-boyfriend? That would be the only person. <laughs> one line. Yeah. I mean, one of mine... I don't like the looks of him. Don't say it like that. He's Samoan. Um, so my first nominee is Billy yeah, Bush. Yeah, what? Come at me, Rock. My first nominee is Billy Bush from Access Hollywood. Because <laughs> fuck that guy. <laughs> that guy. It's also aged very poorly. It has. Um, as the as the the partner of the locker room talk with Donald Trump. Um, and I just don't like that guy. My like legitimate one, if I had to name somebody that has like more than like a part being themselves, it would be um, Jack McBriar's wife. Um, she, I feel like as much as Jack McBrayer is in the movie, she is not. And when she is, she just feels a little out of place. And somebody else, like Catherine Hahn would have slayed that part. Yeah. Uh, Ellie Kemper would have slayed that part. Yeah. And for her, she just kind of like, okay. And she, you know, it, it kind of falls through the wayside. So that would be, that would be my nominee if I had to, if I had to pick somebody. Do you have anybody else? No, I think that's a, a great... I think that's a great pick. 
Okay, so that is Maria Thayer is her name. MVP. This is going to be fucking impossible. So there's an easy answer here. Jason Siegel. Absolutely. Naturally, right? Like, a- absolutely, but it, I mean, but it's hard because Russell Brand breakout performed just such a great job. Mila Kunis does such a great job. Every Paul line, Rudd does such every, every line, line that says Paul Rudd says is amazing. Alyssa's a lot. He bats a thousand in this. A movie. thousand and one. And it, but it's not him. So Siegel gives it his all. I mean, this movie flies with Jason Siegel. He has a few moments for me, especially early on, where he might be a twinge too much. But then he has other moments where he's beyond pristine. I think, and this this may be another like hot take shocking thing, I think Russell Brand in this movie is one of the best supporting comedic performances it's... in any movie I've ever seen in my entire life. It gave him a career single-handedly, deservedly so, and he seriously could have just been that character... For, for twenty years, I mean, he basically is that character. I mean, that's him. It's, but it's he could have—I could have seen a Alda Stone movie every three years, like we're getting a Benoit Blanc movie every three right, years. Right, right, yeah. And I'd be absolutely. fine with it. I would be fine with it because it's such a complex, intriguing character. It's like, well, ooh, what was he like when he was on alcohol? Well, or, then we ooh, find out. Right, then we find out. Oh, like you know everything else like I just love what, how what is the history behind the tattoos, and then he has like all of the complex discussion at the dinner when he's talking about you know I just love like so there's a few specific moments and lines that like really put it in the fruition for me the one of the main ones is when they're out there swimming and he just goes fuck you're cool like it just summarizes up to that point in the movie is like you're waiting for the shoe to drop on this guy if he finds it and then like (laughs) it just doesn't it's like oh this guy's just really genuinely cool and gets along with everybody and like it's it's just he plays it so fucking well um the other one is every interaction with him and Jonah Hill is fucking great it's and hilarious. I, I I I think I've laughed every single time I've heard this line and I specifically remember the first time I saw it I literally missed the next like half of the scene because I, I couldn't stop laughing when he goes, you listen to my demo, he goes, oh, I was going to. And I just went about living my life. <laughs> that is the fucking funniest thing I've ever heard. It's like, not, it's not even an excuse. It's fucking brilliant. Um, same thing with when he spills the thing. Oh, take my eyes, not the shirt. Yeah, take like, my eyes. I think I've made it better, actually. He, and it's, I think it's part of his delivery as well. He's got that, just, he's got so much charm and like, He's he can be saying something with the straightest face on, the like most like monotone voice, yeah. And you you just get it, you just get it. It's like he makes it so conversational. Like that that line is great when he's like, "I was going to, but then I just went on living my life." Yeah. It's like he doesn't blink an eye, he doesn't change his pitch or anything, and it just it hits so well. And it's sad that like. So after this, he just was in everything. He did the remake of Arthur. He was in fucking Hop. Like, he just popped up in all these different fucking things. He started dating Carrie per- Katy Perry and hosting award shows and just overexposure central, right? And now I think he's, like, like kind of a bit of a, like, a 
not a dingbat, but kind of like a, a nut job. Like, I know he has like some weird like YouTube channel where like whatever he's espousing probably isn't the best. Um, from what I gathered, I don't fucking know. But like, he has this, he has like a lesser version of like the Melissa, Melissa McCarthy stigma to me yeah. of like, okay, like I know what I'm getting, right? But this is like, I think people forget how pristine he is in this movie. So he was going to, I thought I was going to have to do a hard job pitching it. Look, Jason Siegel, this movie doesn't succeed without Jason Siegel. It doesn't. But I would argue, so here's my argument on, on why I think it is Russell Brand. Did you see who originally was casted as, as Aldous Snow? Oh, yes, I did. Um... Well, number one, it was originally going to be like a writer, I believe. It wasn't going to be a rock star. When he came in, he basically was like, this is how I see it instead. And basically just did it right then and there and like, okay, yeah, done. So that's how he got it. But they were looking at Charlie Hunnam. Oh, yes, that's right. The guy from Sons of Anarchy. You're right. They had written it for him. The guy who was in Pacific Rim and we... He's a wet blanket. Right. So, like, I I close my eyes and I picture it and I'm just like, oh, God. Whereas, of course, this movie doesn't happen to the extent it does with Mila Kunis and Jason Segel. But I could very easily put... uh, Trying to give an example. I could put... I just had somebody shit, 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 shit. Um, kind of like Mila Kunis. Well, regardless, I think that him coming in and making this character and owning it and, and just creating that repertoire with the rest of the cast, it really does set it apart and it, and it does change it. No one else could do that role. Like... No. Yeah, and, and granted, like... No one else could do Jason Siegel character like Jason Siegel, but you know, it's like you can't replicate that Russell Brand character. Like I said, it gets to be just a little bit too much. Um, like especially when like he overdoes to a comedic extent some of the sad and dramatic stuff, and I felt like if he gave it a little bit more seriousness in yeah, some Yeah, like parts. some gravitas, then it would have maybe... Yeah, but of course, like, him riffing and doing his thing and reaction to things is amazing. But yeah, it's it's Russell Brand. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think so. Uh, I, I wish we got more of this. Now he's, wasn't he like Death on the Nile? Like, now he's doing, like, serious movies? Like, why is Russell Brand doing serious movies? No. Trying to get and out also, there. So, um, this movie has the two, it has, uh, Inside of You and We've Gotta Do Something, which are both very good. But for getting to the Greek, they literally just made, like, that album, and it's really fucking good. Like, they did a really good job, and he's not bad at singing and, like, making it seem like... You sound like you're from London. All right, we need another couple minutes on Paul Rudd here. Paul Rudd, I, so there's two reasons why I love it so much. Number one is Paul Rudd. Number two, I have I had that friend in high school, 100%. Oh, he's still like that. Oh, he's at, yeah. Shout out to Nick Cudd. If you need a DJ, Cuddlefish, and look him up. I'm sure there's not much that comes out besides him for Cuddlefish DJ. Yeah, yeah, Cuddlefish DJ, but C-U-D-D. Yeah. Um, there, there is not a single line of his that isn't bonkers i honestly liken it to bill murray and caddyshack honestly it's it's it is bizarre but it's just so funny and i'm like yeah 
Yeah. That's what I expect when I go to Hawaii to have this stoned out surfer dude. Okay, monster teacher. man. Yeah, exactly. Like if we go to Hawaii and I don't get that, I'll be Means disappointed Chuck. in Hawaii. Means Chuck. P-P-O-P. It's, God. It's, it's just great. It's just so funny. It just, he's got a line directly to my funny bone. He's, he's just, he's great. It, and he's. It's so hard to describe like. He brings me so much joy, just yeah. That he was just having fun. Yeah, one hundred percent. He's just in Hawaii. He wasn't even supposed to be in this movie. He just showed up on set. Probably, I he think was just on like, vacation. He was like two days. Like fuck it. He was just on vacation. Um, we mentioned Hater. Hater's great. Um, I also like Liz Kakowski um, as uh, as Liz, uh, his wife. Um, which I didn't know that she's married to Akiva from uh, Lonely Island, which I found very, very funny. Oh, that's or Very, funny. very odd. Uh, Jack McBrayer is very, very funny. Jonah Hill's good. Uh, shout out also to Devon McDonald as Dwayne. Dwayne's another one that, like, everything he says. I particularly like the, 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 uh, the state fish of Hawaii, especially because <laughs> now it's in the, um... It's in the Toy Story short yeah. Hawaiian Vacation that Jillian watches all the time. Yep. So I hear it all the time. Uh, Kimu. Uh, bitch. What? Where he says the whole name of the fish and then he goes, bitch. Huma huma huwaka wa bitch. Snuffle life has fucked my shit up. Uh, I also want to give a shout out to uh, Taylor Wiley who plays Kimu. Uh, what a what a career this guy has had. So he's he has a reoccurring role in Hawaii Five O, which I think is still on the air somehow. There's no people way people love their people love their police dramas. This is still on the air. People love their police. Oh dramas. no! It concluded in 2020. It had 240 episodes. People love police dramas. Holy shit! Um, but he also was in the very first UFC tournament. <laughs> he was the first wow. person. I think he was the first person ever knocked out because when UFC first started. UFC was, like, it literally meant, like, ultimate fighting, where they brought in people from all these different disciplines to, like, like as a hodgepodge. So it wasn't, like, right weight classes. It was, let's get a kickboxer. Let's get a martial, let's get a, a kung fu artist. Let's get a wrestler. Let's get a, um, a boxer. Let's mm-hmm. get a sumo wrestler. So he was a sumo wrestler who came in. And actually, single-handedly, I, there was a, a 30 for 30 um, audio uh, podcast documentary many years ago about the first UFC fight, and everyone was kind of, like, not feeling it, or, like, it seemed really sketchy, and, like, they weren't even sure if they were going to get paid, if they won, this, and, like, so the meeting's, like, like basically a disaster, and he goes, and he goes I'm going to be there tomorrow, I'm going to try to fucking knock you all the fuck out, see you then. <laughs> and he basically saved the whole thing, like, kind of calling the shot. So he gets to the show... And uh, fights a savat expert, and he gets knocked out like immediately, because <laughs> uh, he's a sumo wrestler. He's strong, but he's not fast. He rushed forward, lost his balance, and got kicked in the head that knocked a few teeth out, and then oh a punch gosh. that broke his opponent's hand by hitting him. Oh my gosh! And it was his only <laughs> UFC fight ever. It literally was twenty six seconds. Oh my gosh! And now he's a fucking actor. <laughs> so it's just like. Son of a bitch. Yeah, this movie is fucking flawless to me. Um, which is gonna... I mean, I love it. I, I love it. It's like... Yeah. It, it's... There is... There's something for everybody. Something for everybody. And it ages really well. There's not really anything offensive. No. 
you know, there's some boobs and some penis, but there's nothing super offensive in it. It just, it's having a lot of fun and you feel that and that's what you get from it. And sometimes you just need a movie like that. You just need a movie like that. This was, as, as we were watching yesterday, I was like, this is the perfect movie for us to like watch, Decompress. go record quickly, decompress after a busy week. Like it was, yeah. it was spot it, it was just great. It's, it's great. It's a great movie. I think it's, Honestly, I think it's a bit underrated, like, overall, like... I th- I think it's appropriately rated in, like, the comedy annals uh, of its time. Maybe. I, th- I think, I think... I feel like it's more forgotten about, like, forget like people have forgotten about forgetting Sarah Marshall. Forgotten Sarah Marshall? A uh, sequel idea, where he forgets about it and he has to find her and becomes, like, eternal sunshine. Uh, no, but, but they're not together, though. Well, she does make a cameo and get him to the Greek when they're on the plane. He goes, I think I used to have sex with her. And now she's on, uh, like, an animal hospital show. <laughs> it's funny. Um, well, shouldn't we technically have to do get him to the Greek as well? I didn't think of that. Because they are the same universe. They're, it's basically a sequel. I didn't even think of that. I don't think I put the cards together in the box. Shit. But I mean, I would think that they're the same. Like, I would think that we'd have to do them together. Well, fuck this schedule. (laughs) What we'll do is, so uh, we'll do this. Um, one of the can't picks or one of the randoms that comes up, by then we'll have it, we'll, we'll, I'll pencil and get him in the Greek. Well, use a pencil then. Why are you putting it in pen? It's a phrase. No, man, but... It's not really a phrase. Like, if you have a pencil, use a it's pencil. It's a top here. Because also, I forgot to write down, uh, if you remember when we did that, that mass random picking, we drew, I don't know, I made a card for it, Scorsese Shorts. It's a uh, Criterion collection compilation of some of the movies uh, Scorsese did in the early part of his career in film school. One of them's like four minutes. One of them's like 100 minutes. We're just going to watch them eventually and throw it on Patreon, probably. Or I'll watch it and I'll just talk, tell you about them or something. Oh, yeah, that's a good it. idea. I like that. Um, also, I'm not going to remember. I was going to mention... Oh, speaking of Criterion, I got an email, because I get Criterion emails. The first ever Disney Criterion is coming out in November to doing a WALL-E Criterion. So I found that very interesting. That's interesting. I'm curious to see what all it entails and... Uh, enough about that. Let's wrap up for getting Sarah Marshall. Score time, Samantha. I mean, it's 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 a great movie. Like you said, it's a flawless movie. It's got something for everybody. It's funny. It's got great music, great cast. It it's hard to beat this in in the terms of comedies. When you brought this down, it was the one I jumped at. I I love this movie. It's it's fantastic. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna give it a ten. I'm giving it a ten as well. I mean, it's it's it's. It's just a, a great movie. It, a movie that I've seen probably two dozen times. Absolutely. The fact that it can continue to make me like laugh. I, out loud. I mean, I anticipate things and I still laugh at them. Yeah, but. Is I, the mark of a true it, classic comedy. And this absolutely is it agree. Me. And even like, I don't think I've ever laughed at before. Like when they're on the cliff and they're jumping off of it and she jumps and he's like, Oh my god, I made her kill herself. Yeah. I don't even think I ever like heard that line before when I've seen this or laughed at it, but I don't know why. It's just like so well delivered. The panic and her, it's just You look like a great. giant baby. Like there's Yeah, somebody, it's like I can just throw them out totally yeah, randomly. It's like 
It's so funny. It's, he gets it's, called Andre the Giant. I always giggle. Always. It's hilarious. Yeah. It, it's just a great movie. Re- this is our third Perfect Ten of the year after I think we only had any last year. Um, we had to get our, our pins out so we can redo our, our, our Perfect Ten shadow box. Yeah, this. It's a Wonderful Life. And Parasite. And Parasite. And then so a few a, close ones. Nice. We just start watching some bad movies. We haven't watched way too many bad movies in, <laughs> in a while. Yeah. Well, we had like Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein was close. <laughs> Knives Out was close. Yeah, we've had a lot we've of close calls. close calls. Drive. Drive was close. It's been a good year. Next week is Thunderstruck. <laughs> hey, like Mike, we thought was going to be terrible. So watch Thunderstruck be just delightful. No, great. I'll have to get Julian a fucking Kevin Durant jersey. <laughs> Let's go back to that store and Stewart. Thank you for listening to this episode of Married Movies. We encourage you as always go to arcadeaudio.net for this podcast and the others in our network of shows. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Patreon.com slash arcadeaudio for bonus content like that Married Podswalk I keep talking about that I'll eventually get around to editing. Facebook.com slash Married Movies at MarriedWMovies on Twitter. MarriedMovies at gmail.com. Let us know what you think of the show. For me, at your host, Mullet, on Instagram. Right? Yes. Or is it there? Small 38? I don't remember. What's my Instagram? I do this every week. Why am I being stupid? I'm pretty sure you're just at yeah, your No, it's at your small 38. I've been saying it wrong this whole time. That's why people haven't been talking to you. They haven't been sliding in your DMs. Like, well, when I start my, my flipper account or whatever, that's just having sex with dolphins. It's a pizza place. Well, gonna... for you? At Jam with your Sam. You can also find me on the Blank Slate podcast, our 100th episode. I'll be on that too. Yeah. Well, the 100th episode uh, kind of ends with the Blank Slate. Well, it's not ending the Blank Slate. is um, about the Emmys. It's a three and a half hour podcast. That probably sounds like crap because it was so long, Rich had to decrease the audio quality. Uh, after that, we're going to start doing something really cool with the Blank Slate where Samantha and a bunch of people will be on. Um, also, another project of mine, my Retro Wrestling Diary uh, arcadeaudio.net slash podbloggle this week after I'm done recording this I have to finish typing that up it is uncensored 1997 one of the benchmark ep- uh, wait a second when did you when did you end up in 1997 when talking? did that happen you're just fucking with me right like you've been 97 for weeks no you haven't you haven't not yes, plugged I have it's, I'm in March of 97 you've been saying that you've been in 96 no, I haven't you're just fucking with me I know that I have I will be in 97 the rest of the year I that's how I know you know as I've said it so now you're just you're literally messing with me, and I don't like it, or you just don't listen to me. Probably a combination of both. Read the article; it's going to be very, very good. Not you. Won't you reading my stuff? I don't want to read your stuff anyway. Good. Thanks. You're welcome. For mullet. This is mullet. Signing out for this week's episode of Married with Movies. We'll catch you next time on our couch. Slash the movies. Why are you so fucking mean to me? I love you so much. I really, truly do. And I'll read your article if you want. I'm going to cut all that. <laughs> that's rude. But you don't like it when I tell you that you don't have enough commas. Because I don't need... Just turn this off or this will be a legitimate argument. <laughs> Fuck the Oxford comma. No, the Oxford comma... AP style for life. Ooh, ooh. Oh, juggalos and juggalettes. <laughs> It's getting kind of hard to believe things are going to get better. I've been drowning too long to believe that the tide's going to turn. And I've been living too hard to believe things are going to get easier now. I'm still trying to shake off the pain from the 
lessons I've learned. And if I see Van Helsing, I swear to the Lord I will slay him. Ha 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 ha! He take him from me, but I swear I won't let it be so. Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at arcadeaudio.net.